genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, one minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us today is Cleolinda Jones of Movies in 15 Minutes fame. Yeah. <laughs> Insofar as it's fame. Yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah. Hi. Thank you for joining us today. Yes. Thank you. I was, I volunteered. I was very excited uh, because... I'm a big Galadriel super fan, and mm-hmm. as you will recall, I immediately said, I call dibs on Galadriel. Do you have any minutes uh, for that? I I did uh, movies in 15 minutes in uh, 2005. That's about 12 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I did 10 movies for it, and kind of the big super section was Lord of the Rings, and I don't remember a single word I wrote for this book. <laughs> But nonetheless, I I did it. And sometime after that, I had an unfinished, ongoing story online called The Secret Life of Dolls. And Galadriel, a Galadriel doll, is actually a significant character in this whole saga. So I definitely had to stake my claim. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Galadriel is pretty awesome. I mean... she was always my favorite part in the book for some reason. Just and and we can probably get into why later, but it's around the fourth or fifth minute I think I'm signed up for that yeah. you kind of see why. So what so, minute are we talking so about? So today we're going to be talking about minute 161 which starts with Boromir telling Aragorn one day our paths will lead us there. And ends with Galadriel walking by her her little basin in yep. the glade. Uh, the glade was designed by Alan Lee, is just a real quick note as oh, well. Oh, nice. Uh, and it's very pretty. I like it. It's, a, it's got a real, I don't know, it, it feels more quintessentially elven than a lot of what we see in Lothlorien to me. Mm-hmm. Because it it's not like up in the trees, but it's like a part of the forest. It's really interesting that you watch her go down these stairs and it almost has like a subterranean kind of feel to it in the roots Mm -hmm. of the trees, which in an almost Jungian sense, it's going into the collective subconscious and the wisdom and knowledge of the unknown and that which might be, might not be into the darkness, into, Mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of troubling subconscious kind of thoughts so it's I, which i didn't ever think of until i rewatched it today mm-hmm. yeah i like that um it's like purposely removed from the trees because all the elves live up in the canopy but then she has her own garden or glade or what have you and it's it's like you said like it's nestled in the base of the tree yeah where, you know, the tree grows from. It's separate from the rest of the elves, but they are built upon it. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Like, her power is the foundation of Lothlorien. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's also interesting that her feet are bare, like Frodo's also. It's almost like on a certain level, not let her hair down, it's always down, but 
you know, it's kind of this, I'm going to come down to your level and speak to you of secret things that I'm not including the others in. But let's have a little heart to heart here and let's have some real talk about what might happen. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I get the impression that Galadriel is always barefoot. I can't remember specifically, and I can't remember in the Hobbit movies if she was, but she's actually, Kate Blanchett is actually wearing these mid-calf platform boots to give her the extra height proportionally, and they're kind of a cream color with, I think, sparkly gold laces. There's kind of some uh, some gold involved in the material, and if you look at the Casa Loma costume exhibits, they have them with the basin and the pitcher on display. And I have, yeah, I have a second Galadriel doll, a really fancy one, a Tonner doll with the beautiful flowing fabric, but she has the little platform boots on. That's so, that's a good touch. It's, it's so, it's so nuts that they actually did it down to the exhibit accurate boots, but she is wearing these in the movie. So technically... I don't, I, I don't you know if you ever see them. You don't. Yeah, I don't because know if the, you... the dress goes all the way to the ground. Right. Yeah, so they took them off specifically for this scene so that you would specifically see that she had bare feet and was right. in touch with the earth. And That gives the impression that she's like always barefoot, though, if you never see the boots in the first place. Right, right. yeah. And I like, the, I like the idea of Galadriel always being barefoot. Because um, when we see Arwen's feet, isn't she barefoot, too? Or... She's wearing boots during the horse yeah. scene, but like in I think she's Rivendell. barefoot in Rivendell. Yeah. I I have an Arwen doll because of course I do. It's <laughs> it's one of the smaller inexpensive ones and she's wearing uh for the the dress that kind of has a, a kimono shape to it with the belt mm-hmm. in the middle. She has these fabric slippers made of the same thing as the uh the coat dress. But yeah, unless you see boots, I think you you might could assume she's barefoot. Yeah. It's like the elves are just so yeah. impervious to the elements. They don't care. Yeah. I mean, they're just naturally impervious. They didn't evolve impervious feet like hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting that it's only Frodo in the movies that goes to look into the mirror. Because in the book, um, Sam is, Sam there, is too. there too. Yeah. And... I mean, I understand why, because Frodo's the main character. Right. But This is Frodo's moment, and right. they want to make it about Frodo. Right. Uh, I like the way that he follows her. Mm-hmm. It has a very... It feels very cat and mouse. <laughs> like, he is very curious, but he feels maybe threatened, like the way that his body motions are to me. Well, he just kind of startles himself awake. Right. And I don't that know. makes me think that she woke him up with telepathy, that she yeah. was like... Follow me. <laughs> well, she's looking back at him like, you know, did he take the bait? It's it's a little threatening. It's a little mm-hmm. scary the whole way yeah, through. It is very like it is very like predator and prey because she knows she's about to do something and show him something that's going to permanently alter the way he looks at his mission. And mm-hmm. she's so different in the daylight scenes. Yeah, that that's more of the Galadriel I associate from the book. Although I did go back and reread this part, and I always thought Peter Jackson went a little over the top, but he does describe it as being kind of uh, Tolkien does describe it as being a little threatening and a little unnerving. Yeah. So that didn't it's, come out of nowhere. 
I think he des- he describes Galadriel as perilous, I think specifically. Yeah. I think the word he uses is perilous. Uh which is a good word. Perilous. Yeah. I think also I mean, there's a a lot of uncertainty, sorry, as to whether whose side is she on? What kind of power does she have? You know, you've had that build up, I'm sure several episodes back about Gimli talking about what a sorceress she is and how dangerous the elf witch and all that. And you you really don't know whose side she's on, I think, until her big moment. And that's kind of the watershed moment of, okay, this is what's at stake and this is what side she's on. And so then the daylight scenes happen with that knowledge. But right now Mm -hmm. we don't know, I think. I actually, uh, this is going to come up at the end of the week a little. Uh, but I actually really kind of like, despite the beginning of this minute cutting a scene in half, mm-hmm. uh, I actually really like the way that this week is going to be bookended. Because in a way, that that first bit of this, this minute with uh, Boromir talking about one day our paths will lead us there and yeah. then the Lords of Gondor will be called home. Which is a really good character moment for Boromir because it's the open acknowledgement that he sees Aragorn as a leader now. And an equal. And an equal. Yeah. Uh, And then the reluctant look about like his legacy or his path on his face of Aragorn right before we cut to this scene that's all about things to come. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know, I think that it works really well despite cutting that scene in half that that scene follows this one. And like this week contains both of those moments. And there's a certain queasy uncertainty in both of these aspects where it's like, yeah, the future, that's going to happen. Oh, that's great. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, we, I, I could and we have talked about Boromir at incredible length. but Oh, God. No, we talked about Boromir so much last week. It's yeah. Gladrial week. It's Gladrial <laughs> week. Uh, there's a miniature shot in this minute of a blue, a blue screen Frodo on a miniature. The stairs he's going down to the right of the tree. Uh-huh. It's a blue screen Frodo on a miniature. Oh, cool. And then the where the tree is, where Galadriel comes around the corner, right. is the set. Oh wow. And oh, it's, wow. that's pretty seamless. It's one of the better it's one of the better uses of it in the movie because it's one of the harder ones to spot. Yeah. But they say they call it out in the commentary, and I keeping an eye on it when we just watched the minute before we recorded. You can kind of see it because Frodo does move a little awkwardly down the stairs, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's very good and it, it held up on the uh, on our HD TV or our big screen here, mm-hmm. despite not being an HD DVD, right? Or a Blu-ray. It held some up of the well. some of the blue screen is like uh, immediately yeah, apparent. Yeah, blown up on our white screen. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> modern TV is just like that's not real. Yeah, that's so funny because I remember. This was so cutting edge in the theater. How many yeah. years? 16? 16 years ago. It was so cutting edge. And I, I had started to wonder how would these effects hold up, you know, nearly a lot of them do. 20 years later. The Hobbit <laughs> effects is what I was thinking about. I'm not sure the Hobbit effects hold up now, but. <laughs> no, a lot of the, the scale doubles are really easy to spot now at the time. Yeah. They probably were, but we were kind of more taken aback by how seamlessly they were put into the movie. Right. Without calling a lot of attention to it. 
But the scale double works really easy to spot now, especially when you're slowing the movie down and watching it a minute at a time. But a lot of the blue well, screen effects what we still know hold now, up, yeah. except for a few. Yeah. Only a few of the blue screen effects really don't hold up anymore. Like uh, in Moria with the stairs, yeah. that didn't hold up. Uh, and it's also much more apparent now than it was then of when they're using a digital copy of a person. Because mm-hmm. at the time, it was that was pretty hard to spot. I think also it'll become easier to spot as viewing technology you know, HD and Blu-ray, as it becomes finer and finer grained, like maybe in the theater, it wasn't that obvious, some of this. I mean, maybe at the time we really couldn't see it, and now you can, (laughs) unfortunately. I think the the best one of those moments to point to is uh, when Arwen gets off the horse, because... Before we had oh, like a modern yeah. TV, I was like, "What? What are you?" I had about? never noticed <laughs> that you can see that the stunt double's double, face. Yeah. Oh yeah! Like when I still had like a like an old school CRT TV or whatever, or whatever, yeah, like whatever the big they are. Boxy ones. Yeah, yeah. I never noticed that, but the first time we watched it on a flat screen like mm-hmm. modern TV, I was like, "That is not Liv Tyler." Well, I can't wait. I can't wait for like another 15 or 20 years when they finally like remaster it. And like, you know how they did with Star Trek, the original yeah. series? That'd be sick. It would be sick. <laughs> but you just hope they don't do too much touching up on the practical Well, effects. hopefully they, they haven't remade it by then. But Right. Wow. This, this should, it'll never be remade. I don't think the Tolkien estate will ever give anyone else the rights to this, to this property. Uh, oh, that's true. <laughs> At this point, I don't think so. So yeah, and they had to—they actually reshot some of the stuff with Frodo right here, because they used a double for the the stairs, mm-hmm. so that he was the right proportion for coming down the stairs and in relation to Galadriel. That makes sense. But Barry Osborne thought it was too obvious that it was the double, so they reshot it. And uh, Mark Rodesky mentions that. Barry was totally right because when they went over it later to choose the shots they were going to use, mm-hmm. they're just like, "Yeah, that's that's obviously not Elijah Wood." <laughs> Anytime you can see the scale doubles from the front, it's pretty obvious it's not the actor. Yeah, I mean, they tried. They tried real hard. Was I-, I could see them in several years going back and doing, I think, what George Lucas intended to do with the special editions, except that he just went a little too far. But you could kind of go through and touch up digitally the faces from the front instead of having practical effect masks. Let's Mm -hmm. digitally put their faces in a little better. I I could see them cleaning it up a little bit. Yeah. And it wouldn't be terrible. Let's hope. Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) And now special edition Tom Bombadil in. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. That would require some major reshooting of, of uh, the four hobbits. And they would, you would just look at them. They would either look too old or be digitally t- touched up to the point where they didn't look real. Like Legolas in the Hobbit? Like Legolas in the Hobbit. <laughs> oh, oh. Which is, which is a little does... bit of both. <laughs> Elijah Wood doesn't age, though, so. Yeah, that might work out, but <laughs> probably looks... not the others. I mean, you can tell you can tell in this movie where scenes are that were filmed later on, because you know he goes from being eighteen to twenty during the course of filming this movie. Right. I mean, you're still developing as a human being. Yeah. So you can kind of tell if you're paying close attention. It's just like he looks older here than he did like two minutes ago, <laughs> or he looks younger here than he did two yeah. minutes ago. But I think that's appropriate considering like. They filmed it over the course of like a year, a year and, and a half. half. Yeah. And he 
you know, he goes through this really arduous journey. And he just gets dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just they never clean up. They oh, just God. get dirtier as time goes by. It's protective. It's a protective layer of dirt. It's fine. There you like go. like a hippo? Yeah. Or yeah. an elephant. <laughs> yeah. They're shielding themselves from the bugs. We don't all have mithril, okay? We gotta have something. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my god. It's like hobbit feet. Except all over his body. <laughs> Just one giant callus. Ew. Ew. This is, I think this is the quietest minute so far. I really appreciate the Lothlorien theme. Like, we've we've heard it uh, before, but yeah. it's really at the forefront here, especially because there's no dialogue over it. But There's just Kate Blanchett perfectly gliding around. Right. And... Lothlorien music. Yeah. That's just such a hypnotically beautiful shot of her feet, though. Mm-hmm. I can't ever get past just her walking. I've never understood the the motion where she, like, puts her arms back as she walks past Frodo. Is, is it like she's, like, propelling herself? You just gotta show off yeah. the dress. She, yeah. yeah, she, like, puts her arms back like she's about to raise her arms and take flight. I mean, if I had big flowy sleeves like that, I would be doing that constantly. <laughs> just, just constantly pretending to be a bird. Yeah. Sneak up on your friends, screech at them, and whap your, <laughs> your, big, your big sleeves. We know she's associated with swans. She has the swan boat. And so it's that and, and that dress. You really have to show it off. Mm -hmm. You really do. I know. You get all that beautiful lighting when she walks by Frodo. Oh. The dress really, like shines. I'm obsessed with that dress. I want it so bad. <laughs> well, Kate Blanchett was also obsessed with her dress, so. That's probably why she does the arm thing, yeah. man. She loved everything about her costume, apparently. It was very, very involved in paying attention to the costume design, not just of herself, but of, like, everything in the movie. That's awesome. She was she was a constant companion in the Weta Workshop when she wasn't filming for the few weeks she was on set. It's really cool. Yeah. I know, right? Can you imagine just hanging out with Kate Blanchett? No, but that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but she almost is an elf in her own way. Just like this amazing Hollywood elf and some Australian Hollywood elf. <laughs> yeah. Just peerless. Uh, I really want to watch those Elizabeth movies that she was in. I think we are going to watch those Elizabeth movies at some yes. point. Yes. Good. I really love that first Elizabeth movie. That's why I was so excited when they were making these movies, because they said Kate Blanchett is going to play Galadriel. That was my in. I was like, okay. That was why I was excited about it. That's awesome. I had read the books at that point. I was obsessed with the Hobbit book as like a four-year-old. I was obsessed with the cartoon version and the little tie-in book that went with it that I would check out from the library a million times mm -hmm. as a, as a four-year-old. And when I was old enough, I read the whole entire Hobbit book and then didn't really read the actual Lord of the Rings book books until uh, a few years later. Cause that, that's a bit, it, the Hobbit really is kind of more of a, a children's kind of level of writing. So it, yeah. it makes sense. And I, I didn't really understand it. At age 12, I didn't really understand Lord of the Rings as it was. I couldn't keep everybody straight. So I read it again later 
and Galadriel really stuck with me. And then they announced the movies, and so I was really excited. That's awesome. I had faith at that point that they knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. I know the casting for this movie is so good. It's so good. I can't believe the casting for this movie. And we've been talking about it for like 160 episodes. (laughs) Right. I think uh, I think that gives us a wrap on this minute for the most yeah, part. Yeah, I think so too. I don't really have any more notes, but so I think uh, I think that gets us covered for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for joining us, Cleolinda. It was good to be on. You can find us on duelinggenre.com, and you can support us by going to duelinggenre.com/slash/patreon. Slash support. Uh, slash duelinggenre.com/slash/support. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, as always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. Hope everyone has a great Monday, and we'll see you all again tomorrow. Bye!